welcome to the Harvest Australia podcast. We trust you'll be blessed by this message from Senior Pastor Marty Manuel. Well, um, today I want to talk about the power of agreement. Does that sound good? Yeah, it's not actually what I was going to share on, but just yesterday I changed track and it's, it's kind of confusing and annoying sometimes when you do that because you're never quite sure whether you're changing onto the right track or onto a train that's coming right against you on the wrong track. Um, but anyway, you'll know that when you start doing this sort of thing more and more. But um, I find sometimes if I change track too much... Um, if it's, if it's on the wrong track, it's like, okay, where am I going with this? But I really felt the power of agreement was a, just a word over us for today. And, um, and that this is, is going to unlock some things for us. It will even, like when I was praying, I just felt that there's a, a spirit of strength or a spirit of might, the Bible calls it, the spirit of strength that the Lord wants to give us that will, that will give us a rear guard. It will give us a defenses against the enemy's schemes. And it seems like a bit of a theme of the last month that... Um, that keeping a unity and common unity or community um, and strength and even building up so much strength within us that our defenses are very strong against the enemy. So much so that, that we are so strong within, that we have so much dominion within or self-control, so much strength within that we won't necessarily have to spend so much time actively pulling down all the strongholds of the enemy because of how strong we are within now, there's always a time and a place to do that, and we still do that. But when we build such a strength within us, then our resolve and our spirit and our mind and our body can really rise above these things. And I think that the power of agreement is a key to this as well, and into becoming people who are very strong, people who are overcomers, people who carry truth, people who don't second guess, people who know who they are and what they stand on and who we carry. And so today I want to just explore that a little bit, and I'll start in Matthew chapter 18, verse 19. Matthew chapter 18, verse 19. And it says, Again I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Now, this is one of those verses that you almost don't believe because experience tells us that this doesn't happen. Um, now, you may have had a perfect run of life and always had every prayer answered, and so this may just be not really that relevant for you, but this is for the 99% who generally, when they've asked and sought the Lord, they still have to wait, and things don't happen the way we want, and, and we get disappointed, and we have trials, and we have times where the, our prayers just do not get answered. And yet the Word of God just says this radical thing. If two of you will agree on anything, it will be done for you. It's the kind of scripture we need to take and we need to completely, almost blindedly receive it by faith because if we try and put any of our life's experiences in the way, we generally dampen down or dilute down the truth of the gospel, the truth of the word of God. And so these are one of those radical faith statements. If two of you agree on anything, it will be done for you. And Amos chapter 3, verse 3 says a similar thing, um, just sort of rounding out this agreement. Do two walk together unless they have agreed to meet? 
And this is a statement of the fact that when we are walking together, we are in agreement. And we have to prepare our hearts to walk together. We have to actually have a relationship to walk together. We have to have a resolve to actually want to agree together. But when we agree together, it's powerful. The enemy would love us to think that we can isolate ourselves and we can do things our way and things will still go well for us. But this is not the case. This is just not the case. We are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. Not one person. We are. As weird and wonderful and wacky as we are, and I put myself right in the, you know, the head seat of that. I'm not calling you wacky. Don't worry. Please don't be offended. That's me, all right? But, but we are an interesting lot, aren't we? And we get things wrong. And we sometimes disagree. And we do things differently to each other. We've been brought up completely differently to each other. And, um, you know, Karen and I have said it to each other a few times over our, um, you know, nearly 19 years we'll be married now. It's like men and women are just so different in the way they think. So different in the way they think. I know that book, you know, Venus and Mars. and, And sometimes it just comes home to roost, doesn't it? It's like, my gosh, it's so true. That statement, we just think differently, we operate differently, we feel differently. And and so sometimes it's very hard to find that place of agreement. And, and, And if it's hard even in a marriage, then how much harder even in a group this size? Of course, it's going to be really hard. But this is what the enemy wars against. He wars against unity. And he wars against community. And if he can war against your unity even within, then you can't have dominion within. And self-control means dominion within. And if we can't have dominion within, then we won't have dominion with the people around us. And we will not have that conquering strength and victory in our situations around us. And this is what the enemy wants to do. He wants to pull that down. And so today I want to really plant some anchors out there. Okay, I'm going to rabbit trail and I'm going to step on some, uh, I'm going to go to a region, okay? I have told you before, I'm a little bit of a fan of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And um, if, if you don't know who he is, that's really fine, but that's okay. He's a big muscly dude who used to do wrestling. And um, I know it's all fake. It's just the whole world in that scene is fake. But anyway, he has this saying and he, he says it like this for his life. Find your anchor. You can hashtag it. Find your anchor. And so his anchor is getting up at 4 a.m. every morning and working out. It doesn't matter whether he's slept or not slept or done anything else. And that can be crazy and it can lead to burnout. So I'll put that waiver there. Okay? So just I'm not suggesting we do that. But the point of it is is that for him, finding his anchor is just doing what locks him in. So I want to just send a few anchors out there today. Obviously, the first anchor is the Word of God. But this is sometimes an intangible thing for us to hear. We might have heard preachers say that many, many times. You know, the Word of God is truth. It's everything for you. And that's absolutely right. But our connection to the Word of God is the important thing. There's many Bibles out in the world. There's billions and billions of them, I think. And we've got, you've probably got so many Bibles in your home, you know, you don't even kind of remember how many versions and all this sort of stuff. But our connection to the Word is what makes it alive. Our living the Word is what makes it actually real. The ink on the paper means no, nothing. 
There's been ink on paper in religious organizations for thousands and thousands of years, and it doesn't make any difference unless we connect our spirit with it and we bring it to life. And so finding our anchor for us today is bringing the Word of God alive. And I'll go back to Matthew 18, 19. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. If we agree on things. Now, when we take scriptures like this, we know that one of the best things, especially with radical verses like this, the best thing to back up scripture, especially radical scripture, is scripture. And so if we're confused on any one verse, especially Old Covenant, New Covenant, so if we pull something out of Old Covenant and it sounds really radical, put the New Covenant over the top as an overlay just to reinforce where's the truth in this. And it brings forth the spirit of truth. And it can be seen through both law and grace. And so in this kind of context, we we look at this and we can actually see, I, I did look up, there's a lot of verses on agreement in the Bible. There's a lot of examples of agreement in the Bible. There's a lot of examples of people journeying together in strength, Moses and Aaron, David and Jonathan and many others who journey together in agreement to the victory. If they didn't walk together, they wouldn't have got the victory. Because God loves the body of Christ. He loves doing things through community. He, does, he loves doing things through many members of the body. And this is why it's a, it's, a, it's a continual journey for us to stay connected, stay alive, stay strong, and stay in an atmosphere of common unity so that we can together overcome the works of the enemy. See, it, God didn't call you to do it on your own. He didn't call me to fight the enemy on our own. But with the power of this many people in the room, we have such an overcoming spirit. We have a power in our unity. And so in agreement together, even worshiping on Sundays, it's, it's a type of agreement. And when we agree on that, there is authority released. For me, um, in our business days, we made a lot of agreements, a lot of agreements with different companies, different um, government bodies. I mean, there were agreements all over the place. And I'm telling you, in, in that kind of situation, when you sign an agreement with a government body, be it the EPA or whether it's a distribution agreement or whether it's the bank, these kind of agreements are like a covenant. You can't go back on them. You can't waver. You can't really adjust things. The agreement is like a covenant. And so when two when one or two of us get together and we agree on something in the spirit, we agree on it as truth, we agree on it as life, it is like a covenant. And a covenant is a thing before the Lord that is, is a unity bond between us that he sees and he honors. That's what Matthew chapter 18, 19 is saying. That if it's in his will, if it's in accordance with his life and who he is, then when we agree on it, it will be done. Isn't this a radical statement? It's a radical statement. You think about the things that you're facing today. It could be challenges, trials, relationship, finance, health. The various areas that we all face throughout life. Different challenges where the enemy tries to come and bring doubt. The enemy tries to come and bring fear. If you're in that situation today where maybe it's fear or doubts, or confusion, then you're in the perfect place to release the power of agreement. 
You're in the perfect posture to need the power of agreement, to need someone who will covenant with you and say, I will believe for you. I will stand with you and I'm going to believe for that. And so in that common unity that we share now with with another brother or sister in the Lord, he will honor that. And this is what we do in our marriages, even though it doesn't always feel like that. Overriding that is our covenant of marriage. We're in agreement in our marriage. And therefore, there's a strength. When we stand together, we release agreement. And um, there's times where I've shared this before, but Karen and I will grab hands and we do that sort of as an active thing, whether we're feeling it or not, we'll grab hands just for 30 seconds and just agree on something because we have learned the power of agreement is real and it's tangible and the word of God backs that up. And so for me, if, if we think of our situations like a covenant, then we realize the weightiness of standing together in unity. We realize the heaviness and the, the, the power and the authority that we carry when we agree on something. And if we agree on something in the Lord, don't underestimate what the outcome will be. Don't underestimate the power that you carry with another believer or with many believers. The, the, the powers of darkness must flee because we're standing in unity before the Lord. And so this can be an incredible tool, an incredible um, weapon that we have, but it's such an easy thing. I think some some of the greatest weapons we have against the enemy are the real basics. Love, unity, agreement, the word of God. The blood of Jesus. These things are the things which are like bread and butter of Christianity. They're so simple, but activating them is not so simple. Really living them is not so simple. And so the enemy doesn't like us knowing that when we stand together and when we are unified and when we are a community and when we know who we are and even though we have differences, we fly as one, (laughs) then, then we carry a fresh new authority, a fresh new authority. Um, James chapter 1, verse 5. I spoke about it before that uh, I think one of the tactics of the enemy, but half the time it's not even the enemy, it's just our own insecurities and our own fears, is when we begin to doubt and when we have fear about the outcome of that situation or what's God going to do here or what's the enemy going to do here. And I think this is where we need to find our anchor. This is where we need to know what is the truth in this situation. Because if we don't find the truth in the situation, if we don't find the truth in the relationship, then we're going to be double-minded and we're not going to know who we are or what, what is the foundation of this relationship. James chapter 1 verse 5 talks about this. It says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He'll not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith in God is in God alone. Do not waver. For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Now, this is to other, other versions say double-minded in, in other things. Um, this just said divided loyalty. And, but it puts it in the framework of second-guessing ourselves, being double-minded. And this is not a quality. It is not a fruit of the Spirit. 
A fruit of the Spirit is having control of ourself so that we know how to operate, so that we, even though the waves will come, we know that. The waves will come. The wind will blow. Trials will come. And we will be faced with challenges. But it's how we stand and how we operate in those challenges that really determines the outcome. It really determines the victory or not a victory. And so being double-minded or second-guessing or not knowing the footing that we stand on is one of the character traits of someone who, who will not necessarily know how to get the victory. Now, that's when the power of agreement comes in because if someone's in that situation, we might be able to be their anchor. We might be able to be the, the victory believer for them because... I don't know about you, but when you're down and when circumstances are against you and, and uh, things are, are happening maybe that are completely out of your control and, and the world just seems like it's spiraling out of control, that's the stage where you need a covenant relationship. That's when you need someone who will come into agreement with you and say, I know you haven't even got the faith to believe for it right now, but the fact you're still here, I am going to stand for you, I am going to believe for you, and we're going to come into agreement. And we're going to believe for solutions. We're going to believe for breakthrough. We're going to believe for victory. And that you watch that other person when we do that to them. When we do that to them, it'll be like, wow, all of a sudden faith comes into the room. All of a sudden truth comes into the atmosphere. All of a sudden they can believe. Why? Because we can be their anchor. We can be the one who can lift them up and say, okay, let's do this thing. Even though we don't even feel like it, we don't even know what the solution is. But I'm going to stand in agreement with you and two are standing before the Lord in truth and in righteousness and we're going to agree on this and we're going to believe for it. There's three or four things that I think that's important that we have agreement with. Um, the first one is the word. I've spoken about that already. But when we know the word of God and we know what it says for us and about us, and about how we're to operate, then straight away we have an incredible anchor to hang on to. And it doesn't matter what words you hear in your head. It doesn't matter what anyone else says about you. Those words override everything else. Everything else. There's nothing that is at a higher scale than the Word of God. So if we plant that in our spirit... It doesn't matter what's going on around us. And believe me, there's, there's been times, I remember, uh, I've told the story many times in, uh, about our business trials, but particularly when it literally seemed like everything was just going to crumble. I remember that um, we had various verses that were our anchors at the time, and um, I had them actually up on my office wall, and I'd look at them and go, I don't even believe that because of what's going on right now. But... I choose to believe it because I know it's bigger than me. I know those words are so much bigger than me. They are the eternal power of God for my life. And so even despite whether I'm seeing it, believing it, thinking it, feeling it, or completely, you know, dis uh, acknowledging the, the truth of it, those words are truth. And so I'd read them again and go, wow, that's so true. That's so true. I don't even have a clue how that's going to come about, but I know that to be the word of God. So I'm going to agree with the word. Even if you don't have anyone around you, agree with the word. And remember, it was made flesh. <laughs> and it might be made flesh, made manifest in the flesh in your situation when you lock your faith with the Word of God and make an agreement with it and say, I'm going to believe for that despite everything else that's going on around me. 
And then the second area I think that's important that we agree with ourselves. Because sometimes it can be a battle within, can't it? It can be a, a dispute that goes on. I mean, it would be funny if people could hear what conversations we have with ourselves. Um, it might be scary, actually. Um, but, uh, but this is what we all do. We all have uh, a, a subconscious mind that operates and thinks and talks to itself and you know, works through challenges and trials. And, and if you think about it, if we can agree with ourselves, let go of the doubt, let go of the fear, let go of what anyone else thinks of us. I mean, this is one of the greatest things I think that cripples us sometimes is think, uh, thinking, spending time thinking about what people think of us. It's probably one of the most unprofitable things that the human being can do. Spend time thinking about what someone else is thinking about us. It's completely unprofitable, and yet we spend so much time doing it. We spend so much time worrying. We spend so much time trying to maybe please other people. And yet our calling is not to please anyone else other than him. And as long as we're pleasing him, it doesn't really matter what anyone else thinks. I mean, sure, we probably find that things flow better relationally and people like us and all this sort of stuff. But, but when we come into agreement with ourselves then there's a peace that flows through our spirit because we're not double-minded. We're not second-guessing who we are. We're not second-guessing, oh, what am I meant to be doing here? What am I meant to be doing here? And there's always seasons where we have to work things through. But ultimately, we will have an anchor in our spirit with ourselves. We will be at peace with ourselves. And there's, there's two more things I want to say about agreement. And the next one is truth. Agreeing with truth. And this is a big thing. It probably goes along with agreeing with yourself and agreeing with the word. But this, this word truth has been quite a strong, a big word to me in the last few years, I think. Um, because there's been certain times where, um, you know, Karen and I are talking and we, and we realize we have to believe actually the truth. We, we can't believe what maybe people have said. Or we can't even believe what, what people are feeling or anything like that. We have to put truth in the room. We have to put truth in whatever we're talking about or truth in our minds and in our spirits and say, hang on, that's not actually truth. We, we never did that. We never even thought that. We never thought that. So what's actually truth in this situation? Well, truth backs up with the Word of God. Truth is, is backed up by ourselves, backed up by our actions. But sometimes we need to decree truth to agree with it. And this is where the Word comes in handy. Because when we decree it, we bring it to life again in the room. And so it might be in a relational situation. It might be you know, in a financial situation or in different circumstances of our lives, we are going to need to activate truth. And we're going to need to speak truth to ourselves, to the mirror, to our room when no one else is around, to our situations, or maybe even in our relationships, we, we might need to say, hang on, hang on, hang on. What's truth in this situation? Because I know what you're feeling. I know what I've said. I know what's going on right now. But what is truth? What is truth look like right now? And, and it's quite a confronting thing because it's a filter. It's a filter of all maybe what's going on around us. It's a filter of disagreements, a filter of confusion. And the Word of God brings such a sharp truth that actually it cuts really, really deep sometimes. But when truth comes, then life comes. 
And even if it's hard, truth is what we need. Because we don't want to live with a slight little bit of deception. We don't want to live with a slight little bit of our own stuff. And that's what, um, actually, I'm going to read from um, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, because I think this summarizes it. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, verse 16, I'll start from. What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. And God said, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. It's saying here that we cannot afford to have agreement with anything that's not truth. Anything that is not truth is an idol. And even our own our own self-esteem, even our own desires, even our own gifting can be an idol. And the temple of God is no place for having idols. So we need to purify ourselves sometimes, bring truth even as a guiding force into our own being and say, what is truth for me? What is truth for me? What does it look like for me to operate in truth? No rumor, no gossip, no malice, nothing. That's not truth. That's an idol. And, and 2 Corinthians is saying the temple of the Holy Spirit, the temple of God, he didn't come to bring those things. He came to get rid of those things. And so when we have Jesus, the Messiah, he's the message of truth living and breathing inside of us, then he wants to bring truth and he'll pursue that. And, you know, uh, my experience has been he won't let a lie go too long sitting with inside of me. He'll let it circle around for a while until he gets annoyed enough. He might let someone else press my button and say, no, no, no. Or I'll listen to a podcast and I'll go, oh, yeah, I've been, I've been believing a lie. And it can be a small lie sometimes, a really, really little one. And, and it's those little ones we've got to watch out for sometimes because they can creep under the door. You know, you don't even have to open the door. They can just creep under the door. can come through insecurity, come through doubt, fear, confusion, deception, all these things are little tiny cracks in the door that the enemy can use to bring things against us. And that's why we need to continually come before the Lord. Let him wash our spirit over. Let truth wash us over. Let his blood wash us over. And Lord, if there's anything within me that is against you, if there's any little baby, tiny, micro, you know, I can't even remember the word for the next level on beyond micro, but nano, there you go. Um, you know, tiny, tiny, tiny little deceptions or lack of truth in my life, then right now bring it to the surface because I want to get rid of them. I don't want to live with even tiny little lies that I've believed. Maybe people have spoken lies over your life. Today is a good day to break those lies, remove them, cancel them, deny them access to who you are, deny them access to your mind, deny them access to your spirit, because if they're a lie, they're from the enemy. God doesn't bring lies, and we need to stand against those things and bring truth into the room. And, you know, sometimes I think that when we maybe we have to war against this sometimes even in our own mind, and maybe it's not necessarily hours and hours of intercession. Maybe it's decreeing truth, opposing the enemy with the truth. These things are the weapons, Ephesians 6 calls them, our armor, our armor. And so it's, these things are powerful and they will take down the enemy and they will give us authority, they will give us power and it will help us to advance on to breakthrough. 
I mean, who of us doesn't want breakthrough? Who of us doesn't want new levels of the kingdom of God, new levels of anointing, new levels of favor, new levels of God's presence, new levels of goodness, new levels of prosperity and abundance? These things are ahead of us. They're ahead of us. And so the journey is how do we release that? How do we advance that? How do we break through to that? And I think truth is a massive key. Isaiah chapter 50 verse 5 says this, Because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like flint, and I know I will not be put to shame. This is what we have to do sometimes. And it's interesting, actually, looking at this verse, this verse is almost a cry of Jesus. If you read around it, it's almost like a cry of Jesus going to the cross because just above it in verse uh, 5 and 6, I think it is, if I'm getting this right, uh, it refers to you know being spat on and plucking out the beard on the way to, to what the Lord has put before us. And so this is like an analogy to the gospel. It's an analogy of what Jesus walked through. And actually, uh, Luke refers back to this in, in an essence to the journey of the cross. And so there are times when... We, like Jesus, our Savior, where we have to set our face like flint. We have to set our face like flint. We have to make a decision and say, I'm not going to operate like that. I'm not going to believe that. I don't care how I feel right now. I know those feelings and those rumors may be swirling about me, but I'm going to choose truth. I'm going to choose truth in this relationship. And I'm telling you, it's one of the greatest arenas of breakthrough. I believe it's like a coliseum of victory. If we can overcome the enemy of rumor, gossip, slander, malice, deceit, lying, and all that sort of stuff, then we have a release into a greater coliseum of heaven, a greater coliseum of breakthrough and upgrade and anointing. Because this is something that only few of us actually learn to do. I'm journeying through it myself. Maybe when someone comes and says, hey, you know, this is happening because for pastors, it's a big deal about churches and growth and all that sort of rubbish. And so, you know, you might hear someone down the road, oh, they're they're doing this and doing that. And the first thing the enemy does is, oh, you're not doing that. They're going to get more people. So what I do now is I take that thought captive and I say, no, that's a, that, there may be an essence of truth in there. Great. Good on them. Bless them, Jesus. Amazing. But I'm not going to stand as an orphan and say, now I need to just copycat or do this thing or whatever. See how the enemy spirals it? And, and that's for pastors. And I'll speak on behalf of all pastors. We all do it. But, but all of us as human beings have that same little mechanism where we need to set our face like flint. And we need to say, what is truth? What is truth for me today with you in this situation? And whatever truth is, walk into it. Walk into it. Step into truth. Step into truth because when we step into truth, we're stepping into the Word of God. And remember, the Word came flesh. The word became flesh. So when we step into truth, we're stepping into Jesus' body. We're stepping, we're actually bringing out Jesus here on earth. And I know that's a, that's a weird thing to say. But when we actually operate like him, we bring him alive. Not bring him alive again. We bring him alive in our being. We bring him alive in who we are and how we operate. What an incredible thought that we could actually operate like Jesus. And we could actually, maybe heaven on earth actually looks like us operating like him. 
Maybe that's what it looks like when we're having encounters with other people and it's not going too well and things aren't working out. Maybe heaven on earth is actually not necessarily a glory cloud or a fragrance like we had of heaven a few weeks ago. Maybe it's also us actually learning to say, wow, what does Jesus do in this situation that's so hard? What does bringing him to life look like right now? And sometimes we have to set our face like Flint and maybe it feels like the cross. Um, we were watching something in the other night and, you know, it, it, it said, oh, this is your crucible. And we're like, ooh, that hurt just even to say that, you know. And, and what it meant was it's like your season of the cross. James Gold said that to us. And I'm still forgiving him for that statement that he, he said. <laughs> oh, the years of the cross, he said to us. And we're like, oh, my goodness, what a thing to say to people. Isn't prophecy meant to be encouraging, edification? Yeah, truth. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. And it can hurt. It really can hurt. And we've had to set our face like flint sometimes and just believe the word of God. But it releases inheritance. Denying the truth forfeits inheritance. Standing and walking in the truth releases inheritance. And it's an absolute blessing. Let's stand this morning. Thanks, guys. Lord, we thank you for the unity that you've given us. Lord, we thank you that we have a common unity and it's in you, Jesus. And we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that even today it doesn't matter what's going on around us, that your word overrides everything and you override everything else. And so, Lord, we allow you even now, if there's anything within us that isn't truth, if there's anything that's been operating within us or our own mind that is not the word of the Lord over us, we let it go today in Jesus' name. We ask that you would come and just wash us in your blood today, Jesus Christ. And Lord, you'd wash away any lies, wash away any deceit, wash away any little idols that may have tried to set themselves up against the knowledge of God. We take them captive today in Jesus' name. And Lord, we ask for truth, even a spirit of truth, to fill this place, to fill us, your temples, your little mini temples. Lord, we pray that you would come and fill us with your truth. Fill us with such a light that we radiate Jesus, that we radiate Jesus so that people will know who is in us. Lord, we ask that you would give us wisdom. You would teach us how to operate rightly in the kingdom. And Lord, we thank you for your spirit. And we ask even right now, Holy Spirit, come and fill us with your light. Come and fill us with your truth. Come and fill us with your power. We thank you for your presence, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yeah, just grab hands with the person next to you. Apart from the worship team who will get to come up. And Lord, just as, as a united church family this morning, Lord, we stand in agreement together. We stand in agreement as one. And Lord, we ask that you would strengthen us as one. Lord, that you would... Help our brothers and sisters and those around us, any trials that are going on in their life, we agree with them today for victory. 
We agree with them today for your solutions. We agree with them today for breakthrough. Lord, we ask that you would come. You would come and you would be our provider, that you would go before us. Lord, we speak life. We speak truth. We speak hope. We speak destiny. We speak upgrades. We speak breakthrough. And Lord, we thank you for your goodness. And we pray, Lord, as a unified family today for your glory to be released in this region, for your glory, your presence and your life to be released in this region. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us on the Harvest Australia podcast. For more information and events in the life of Harvest Australia Church, please visit harvestaustralia.org.